Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Using an interview format, Pastor Bob will introduce you to men and women whose ministries are impacting this world with the gospel and will also provide commentary and insight on end-time prophetic events we now see happening in the news. Now here is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. Now, we know that this nation, despite all of the misinformation being promoted today, that the United States has, as its foundation, Christian principles based on the Word of God. Our founding fathers often referenced Scripture in almost every speech they gave, and they purposely wove Scripture references and Christian morality into the founding documents of this nation. Now, they did not have to apologize for referencing the Scriptures. They did not apologize for their faith. But today we see a very different America. We see an America that, as former President Obama famously bragged, America is not a Christian nation anymore. What happens when a nation that God has blessed decides they no longer want to follow God's word? What happens when a nation that ignores the continuous warnings to repent? What happens when preachers don't stand up and do what they're supposed to do? Do some preachers today have it right? Some say God will never forget America. Some say, we live under grace and mercy. God's not vengeful anymore. Some say, God is a God of love, not a God of judgment. Well, today's guest has written a book that discusses these questions. Not only does the book, God's Prophetic Voices to America, answer those questions, it lays out several of the prophetic voices God has already sent to us. God has given us many, many warnings, and here to discuss this book is the author, Dr. David Reagan. Dr. Reagan is the founder and director of Lamb and Lion Ministries, the host of the weekly television program Christ and Prophecy, which discusses the prophetic significance of national and international events that we see in the news. Dr. Reagan is the author of 15 books concerning various aspects of Bible prophecy. In a matter of full disclosure, Christ and Prophecy is also heard on Evangelism Radio on a daily basis. In fact, when we started Evangelism Radio back in October of 2010, I reached out to several major ministries that had influenced me, and Dr. Reagan's team was one of the first ones to approve our use of his program on the radio station. So help me welcome to the program Dr. David Reagan. Dr. Reagan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to visit with us today and discuss this timely book. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being on your program, and I praise God for your program. Amen. Well, just for the sake of our listeners that may not be familiar with Lamb and Lion Ministries, you left a successful career as a university professor to start your ministry. Can you explain how you came to the realization that you needed to stop teaching students and start teaching Bible prophecy? Well, the Lord uh, had uh, called me early in life to go into the ministry, and unlike Isaiah, who said, Here am I, Lord, send me, I said, Here am I, Lord, send anybody in the world but me. And I started running from the Lord. In fact, I ran so hard from the Lord that uh, I made uh, Jonah look like an amateur. And uh, But the Lord has a way of getting your attention, you know, and, and he had called me, and he was determined. And uh, so I went on with my career, and I became a professor of international law and politics, and uh, uh, university administrator, and I did that for 20 years, mm. and I was very successful at it, but I was miserable the whole time, because wow. when you're out of the will of God, you're not happy. Yeah. And um, finally, the Lord just hit me overhead head with a two-by-four and got my attention. I don't have time to explain all that, but he has his ways of getting your attention, oh, yeah. and boy, did he ever get my attention. <laughs> and the result of it was that uh, in 1980, 
I decided to step out in faith and um, uh, start this ministry and give up my academic career. I was vice president of a university at that time. I went into the president of the university, and I said, uh, I'm going to give you two weeks' notice. Uh, I've decided to resign. And he said, do you need an automobile? I'll give you an I said, no. <laughs> he said, how about a country club membership? I said, no, you don't understand. I'm going into the ministry. And he said, oh. He had been a former ministry, and he said, oh, I know. Well, you've got the call of God on you. I said, that's oh, right. Man. He said, what church are you going to pastor? I said, I'm not. I'm just going to be an independent evangelist. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to go out and proclaim Jesus is coming soon, at which point he rolled his eyes, put his head down in his hands, looked at his calendar, and he said, two weeks from now? I said, yes. He said, that's April the 1st. I said, yes. He said, all I can say to you, sir, is that you have selected a very appropriate date to begin that ministry. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And so a year later, uh, when I came back from a trip to Israel, my wife met me at the airport, and she had a, a, a box all wrapped up in paper with a big uh, bow on it. And I said, what's this? This is not my birthday. It's not our anniversary. She said, open it. So I opened it, and she had gone to a calligrapher, and the calligrapher had written a beautiful uh, uh, plaque that said uh, had our, our logo at the top, and it said, given to my husband, David Reagan, on the first anniversary of our ministry. And then she had that quotation from Paul that said, we are fools for Christ's sake. Mm, amen. Wow, that's awesome. Amen. And I bet you still got that too, don't you? I do, I do. And then I learned something very quickly. I learned this one thing to teach faith, another thing to preach faith. I'd always been a Bible student. I'd always been preaching and teaching. But I learned it's one thing to preach it, it's one thing to teach it, but it's another thing to step out and do something yes. by faith. Yeah. And, boy, that's, that's scary. <laughs> it, is. it really is. It is. You know, and, and you have to take little baby steps, and you learn how to walk by faith. And yeah. it's, um, it's, it's a fascinating thing. I wouldn't give anything for it. It's a... I look forward to every day. Amen. Amen. Well, I became familiar with your ministry way back in the fall of 98, I believe it was, when I was oh, attending my goodness. Bible yeah. school at Jerry Savelle Ministries in Crowley, Texas. And I can't remember for sure, but I think you had a, it was only a 15-minute radio program back then. That's right. 15 okay, minutes a day, right. and okay. boy, did I talk fast. <laughs> 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 and I'd get to the end, and I'd say, write the Lamanine ministry, so and so and so on. And we would get letters addressed to lame and blind ministries, uh, leg of lamb ministries. Leg of lamb. <laughs> I, I made a list of them one time. You just could not believe all <laughs> And And then our address was Plano, Texas, and people would write to Plain Old Texas. <laughs> Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. I couldn't remember uh, if I was right on that. It seemed like, it was like, is it only a 15 minute? I was trying to remember. So I was right. So that's awesome. Well, man. most people said that I got 30 minutes in in 15 minutes time. <laughs> well, I had one guy said he had a, uh, he, he ordered some of my tapes and he said, you know, I've got one of these tape players that has an adjustable speed on it. And he said, I've learned how to speed them up and listen to them very quickly. Uh, but he said, you're the only one I've ever received a tape from that I slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when you're paying by the minute back then, you know, I mean, that's you right. get it that's, in. That's and, right. and in a 15-minute program, you don't have 15 minutes, that's right. you know. <laughs> yeah, like a 30-minute program on our radio station is actually like 28 minutes. So That's right, yeah. that's right. And if you especially if you want to promote a product or something, you're down to like oh, 22 or 23. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Amen. Well, uh, I didn't really get interested in, in Bible prophecy until I heard your radio program. You know, I knew the Bible talked about prophecy, you know, the book of Revelation yeah. and all that. But your program sparked the, 
what did he just say? Uh, you know, does the Bible really say that? Yeah, that those were the type of questions I was getting from listening to you. Amen. And, and your book, God's Prophetic Voices to America, uh, you made the case for the scripture of Luke twelve forty eight: to whom much is given, much is required. And you make the case for the extreme blessings this nation has received since our founding, and also how we've basically squandered those blessings. Now, we, no, no nation has been blessed like America except Judah in ancient history, and we're just following in their path as they turned away from God and began to take pride in their own accomplishments, not yeah. giving it to God, and it's what we've done. In fact, in your introduction, I found your introduction to the program to be very interesting as you were talking about how this nation has drifted away from God, and yet people continue to call us a Christian nation and continue to talk about how God would never uh, bring down any, uh, you know, judgment upon us and mm-hmm. all. And it reminded me of Jeremiah when Jeremiah went forth and told Judah, said, uh, you know, you have you turned your back on God. You've forgotten God. And if you don't repent, he's going to pour out his judgment on this nation. Yep. And their response always was, the temple, the temple, the yep. temple, which meant... God would never touch us because this is his temple and his Shekinah glory resides in our temple. So, you know, you're just full of hot air because God will never touch us. Yeah. Well, God did. Yeah, he sure <laughs> did. And, you know, we as a nation have basically thumbed our nose at God. I mean, oh, yeah. Can you share yeah. with us how God deals with rebellious nations like that, especially the ones that he is extremely yeah. blessed? Well, uh, according to uh, biblical examples, what he does uh, for a nation that he's extremely blessed, when they start turning against him, he brings uh, remedial judgments in the first place. And uh, there's a great listing of those over in Deuteronomy, I think it's in chapter 28, where Moses tells the children of Israel before they went into the promised land, if you're not faithful to God, he will put these remedial judgments on you. And there were things like losses in wars, um, rebellion of teenagers, uh, Divorce epidemics, uh, famines, uh, drought, uh, animal disease, and so forth. And then he said, "If you, uh, or you know, God will also raise up prophetic voices, mm-hmm. and that's what God always does. He he warns ahead of time because he's he's full of grace, mercy, and love. So he first of all he will put he will call prophetic voices to call the nation to repentance." And then he will send remedial judgments, and he sent them on us. I consider the Vietnam War to have been a remedial judgment, mm-hmm. calling this mm-hmm. nation to repentance from the horrible 1960s revolt against yeah. God in this nation, uh, the Katrina uh, disaster, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature, the 9-11 attacks, Absolutely. were all, I think, God calling this nation to repentance. And instead, like, for example, the 9-11 attacks, our response was not repentance. Our response was a wave of patriotism. Yeah. We suddenly saw bumper stickers everywhere, you know, saying, God bless America, God bless America. And one day my wife turned to me and she said, you know, those bumper stickers are wrong. I said, what do you mean? She said, God has already blessed America. We need bumper stickers that say, America bless God. Mm. And I said, hey, that's mm. great. So we, we, we printed them up and sent them out by the tens of thousands. America bless God. Because... God has already blessed us, and and to those to whom much is given, much is expected. We're yeah. held to a higher standard. Uh, and uh, when I went to when when the, when the Soviet Union fell, I went over there in 1991, right after the Soviet Union had collapsed. And I walked into uh, down the streets of Moscow. I saw tens of thousands of people on the streets with card tables, and they were they were uh, bartering. It was a barter society at that time. 
Uh, they had no products in the stores. Everything was empty. And so they were at card tables. They were, they were trading blue jeans for milk or milk for this. Or it, it was just unbelievable. And I, I'm looking around thinking this is the, the, the most powerful nation in the world with more nuclear weapons than anyone. And here they are reduced to a border economy. Yeah. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, go back and proclaim this to America. It's going to be worse for America because oh, wow. America has been blessed beyond anything, whereas the Soviet Union has not. And uh, so I came back and started proclaiming that message, and people just, uh, you know, their, their, their response was, that's a bunch of nonsense, God will never touch. I think a lot of Americans think God sits on the throne wrapped in an American flag. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. That's, and it, when you try and talk to them about what's going on, I say, well, that's all the politicians' fault. But who put the oh, politicians oh, yeah. in power? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. You got it right. You yeah. got it right, brother. You're right on target. And you uh, just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very discouraging to try to get people to face up to the fact that, that uh, God is calling us to repentance and warning us very definitely that he's going to pour out judgment on this nation beyond anything we can imagine mm-hmm. if, if we don't. Uh, in fact, if you want to find out where we are, read just Romans chapter 1. Oh, Romans chapter 1 says that when a nation rebels against God like we're doing, that God will step back, lower the hedge of protection, and allow evil to multiply. And it says the first thing that will happen will be a sexual revolution, which That's occurred right. in this country in the 1960s. Yep. Then it says if the country continues in its rebellion, God will step back a second time, lower the hedge further, and then a plague of homosexuality will break out. Well, do I need to say anything? Exactly. And would certainly happen to this country. Yep. Then it says that if the nation continues to rebel and continues to refuse to repent, God will step back a third and final time, lower the hedge of protection, and he will deliver the nation over to a depraved mind. Yep. And that is where we are right yep. now, a see. nation of depraved minds, yeah. uh, this stuff about transgenderism, this stuff oh. about same-sex marriage, yeah. things that are just beyond, you know, comprehension even 20 years ago. Right. And, and it's getting worse and worse. You know, I've, I've been listening to these Democrat debates and, and the things that are being said that proposed for this nation, uh, it's, it's like we are determined to destroy ourselves. And that's mm-hmm. what I think what God's doing, just stepping back and saying, okay, you want to live like that? You can live like that and you can destroy yourselves. Yeah. And uh, I believe, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln said, "This country would never be destroyed from abroad; it will be destroyed from within." Well, that's uh, true. That's true, and uh, uh, that is exactly what has happened. In fact, again, in your introduction, you mentioned how many of our founding fathers were very strong Christians. Yep. In fact, the majority of them, and how they based uh, this nation, the, the very Constitution, upon Judeo-Christian yep. principles. Exactly. Uh, and and even those who were not Christians, nonetheless wrote that the only way our Constitution could could continue to operate was for there always to be a strong religious base. Yep. But Amen. without it, the whole thing would collapse. Yeah, and we're seeing that. Now, we're seeing it. In your book, you do a great job of explaining that many of the issues we face today really started back in the 1930s or so oh, as yes. the United oh, States yeah. started shifting to a humanist point of view. Can you explain right. that for our listeners? Yeah, that's that's how I opened the book. I, I, I talked to, instead of talking about the prophetic voices, the title of the book is God's Prophetic Voices to America. But before I talk about them, I said, you know, the first thing we got to do is understand what what they are responding to. 
And so I go back and I talk about uh, the first Humanist Manifesto, which was issued in 1933, and then su- subsequent ones since then, and how uh, these manifestos talked about uh, how ridiculous it was to believe in a God that the only hope for man is man. That's what humanism is all about, a belief in man, a rejection of God, a belief that man can solve all his problems. And so I go into some detail there to explain what humanism is all about, talked about the major voices of humanism, and um, also uh, in that process, I, I review something uh, by a wonderful man of God by the name of Jim Garlow, who is uh, what used to be a pastor of a Nazarene church in Fort Worth, but became the pastor of the Skyline Church in La Mesa, California. I think he's retired from that now. But he gave a speech to the National uh, 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 to the National Convention of the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, in which he pointed out that for 236 years, Christianity was the establishment of this country, a Bible-believing Christianity. And then he said that from 1833 to 1918, it was just the predominant force. From 1918 to 68, it was a subdominant force. From 68 to 88, it became a subculture. From 88 to 98, a counterculture. And he says since 2008, it is a persecuted culture. We, We just, you know, the latest Pew's poll just came out, shows that only 60, let me see, I've got it right here in front of me, only 65% of Americans now claim to be Christians. That doesn't mean they are Christians. That may mean they grew up in a Christian family. Many of those are cultural Christians. They haven't been born again. But 65% of Americans claim to be Christians. In the 1950s, that was 85%. It's dropped from 85% to 65%. And 26% of Americans are now saying that they are unaffiliated. That means they're either atheists, agnostics, or just nothing. Right, exactly. This nation has... (laughs) I can remember growing up that, you know, Sundays... About the only thing that was open was maybe a grocery store, you know, and of course the police and the fire and stuff like that. But and the parking lots of the churches were basically full. Absolutely, and nothing was scheduled on Sunday. Not football games. Or anything else, yep. and nothing on Wednesday evenings. That's right. Because people knew folks are going to be at church. Yep. I mean, I talk to young people today and tell them about that, and they just look at me like I've been dropped in from another planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it hasn't been that long ago. And, and don't let, you know, nowadays, don't let that pastor go over about 20 minutes on his sermon because everybody in the oh. church starts looking at their watch. You know? Oh, you better believe that for sure. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Uh, now, you share four voices from America's past that gave these warnings to us. Can you briefly share their work and how their messages fell on deaf ears then, but how their prophecies yes. are coming well, true? Well, once I cover uh, humanism and its advance in this nation and how it's uh, undermining the, the Judeo-Christian heritage of this nation, I then begin to present a series of 13 prophetic voices that God has called to speak to this nation, to call it to repentance, and to warn it of judgment. Four of those are in the past, nine are in the present. The four in the past, I begin with Peter Marshall, of all people. Uh, Peter Marshall uh, was uh, the uh, uh, a re- immigrant to this country from Scotland. Uh, he uh, went to seminary here, and he was a great prof- uh, po- 
poetic preacher. Uh, the man just, people stood in line for blocks to get into the church to hear him give a, spe- uh, give a sermon. He was so good. And he became the chaplain of the U.S. Senate, but he died at a very early age. He died at about 45 years of age from a heart attack. But in 1944, at the height of our power in World War II, he went down to New Orleans and delivered a sermon that was an absolute blockbuster. It was t- entitled Trial by Fire, and there are actual recordings of that sermon. Mm-hmm. And the whole sermon was about Elijah and his confrontation with the prophets of Baal, yeah. in which he, you know, he said over and over and over in that sermon one thing, and that is, you must make a choice. He was speaking to the people of Israel, and he said, you must make a choice. You must decide, are you going to follow God or are you going to follow Baal? Yep. And he emphasized this over and over. And right at the end, here's how he ended that incredible sermon. And I was driving down the highway when I was listening to this, and I nearly <laughs> had a wreck. He said, we need a prophet who will have the ear of America and say to her, how long will you halt and stand between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, follow him and go to hell. Well, I nearly drove off the highway. Amen. <laughs> That's but here he was calling for a prophet. He sensed in 1944 that this nation, and he said in the sermon, was going to be faced with tremendous racial violence and conflict because of the way we had treated the uh, uh, people of, of non-white races. He said he was also could see that people were uh, moving toward hedonism, uh, the pursuit of pleasure, and that money was becoming the god of America, and that there was going to be a great outbreak of materialism after World War II. Well, his call for a prophet came true in 1974. In 1974, God began to raise up those prophetic voices in this nation. David Wilkerson and Francis Schaeffer both came on the scene in 1974, both of them saying to America, you are in rebellion against God. You are forgetting against God. The time has come for you to repent, or God is going to pour out his judgments upon this nation. So those were some of the very early voices. And the fourth one of the early voices was a foreigner by the name of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great uh, uh, Soviet uh, writer. Uh, Most people don't know that uh, he was kicked out of the Soviet Union, and he wandered around Europe for a while, but he ended up living in Vermont. And in 1978, he gave his first major speech here in the United States. He was invited to be the the commencement speaker at Harvard University, Mm -hmm. and he arrived a hero, the great champion over Soviet communism, and the faculty, uh, they were honoring him and giving him an honorary degree, and when he got through with his speech, they were booing him, and they were uh, 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 shaking their fists at him. He arrived a hero, and he left anything but a hero, and the reason is he didn't get up and denounce communism. What he did is he got up and denounced the United States of America by saying, you are on the same path as Russia. You have forgotten about God. He said the reason we had 70 years of communism is because our nation forgot about God. And he said the United States is in the same position. You have forgotten about God. You are rebelling against God. You're shaking your fist at God. And God is going to pour out his wrath upon you if you don't repent. And that, uh, and the faculty at Harvard just could not accept that. Mm, wow! So those are the four yeah. voices from the past. Yeah. yeah, amen. And you know, even David Wilkerson. I mean, I I wasn't familiar with him in his ministry yeah. back then. Uh, I started following him probably a couple years before his death. But uh, I mean, what he was saying was considered way out there back. Oh when he yes, said it. It, his uh, yeah. He had a, a book in nineteen seventy. 
uh, 4 called the vision in which he said God had given him a vision. And the first part of that vision, I mean, almost all of it has been fulfilled since then, but the first part was very interesting. He said, God has told me that there is going to be a tremendous economic calamity in this nation in the future. And he said, point blank, it's not going to be a depression. It's going to be a great recession. And he said, that great recession is going to result in some of the major corporations of America declaring bankruptcy, and it's going to result in a political revolution. And that's exactly what happened. We had the Great Recession. We had companies like General Motors declaring bankruptcy. And what happened? It resulted in a political revolution because it occurred, the, the, the stock market crash occurred during the uh, 2008, uh, or, yeah, 2008 election, and it sealed the doom for uh, John McCain, and yep. Obama was elected. That's right. Hey everyone, Pastor Bob here. We are all out of time for today's episode where I've been interviewing Dr. David Reagan from Lamb and Lion Ministries. You've probably known him as the host of the television program Christ and Prophecy. And we were talking today about his new book, God's Prophetic Voices to America. Now, if you do not have a copy of this book yet, you need to go down to the links down below and order one. Order more than one. Folks, this book just lays out for you the spiritual void that is in America right now. And it's all been prophesied. God is not one that is going to just, you know, dump something on you unexpected. He tries his best to get your attention. And throughout the Bible, you have example after example where God would send prophets to the nation of Israel, ancient Israel, and even today in America. God is displeased with things going on. He sends his prophets to tell us, to give us warning, to change our wicked ways, repent, return back to him, get right with him. And if we refuse, then the remedial judgments come. And we've been experiencing that. But yet, just like the Bible says in the last days, there'll be those warnings will be ignored and we continue to do what pleases us and not him. Folks, come back tomorrow. This is part one of a three-part interview with Dr. David Reagan. So until then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.